welcome back here to the Central PA Bore, and uh, Dave's in the house again with us, and Mr. Kevin is out traveling for work. Yeah, he's gone again. Yeah, so he's he's uh, here here a minute, going a minute. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's that's what it is when you travel all around the world. He's a worldwide traveler. Yeah, for his so. company. So, <laughs> but he's getting to sample all that stuff, all that good beer from other countries. So, and we're all yeah. we're sitting back here in PA, all jealous about that. So, hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Look us up on all your social media platforms, and get us where you're listening podcast. So, look us up at, at Central PA Poor. And we have another guest sitting here with us in studio, and we're happy to have him here. And we are going to let him introduce himself. So welcome to the Central PA Poor. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing me in. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and who you're with. Uh, my name is Mike Knob, and I'm with Starview Brews. Um, we opened January of uh, 2022. Uh, this was after about a three-and-a-half-year build project. Um it took me quite a while to get the building ready, but my first venture into the brewing business was with Chickie's Rock Cream Ale. This was a contract beer I had in the market from 95 to like 97, 98. And uh, I actually had my first taste of homebrew way back in 78. My brother Bill made a, a beer kit. And I was quite amazed that you could actually make your own beer. 78, so that's going back a long time. I think as our conversation, this is probably one of the, you're one of the older brewers that have been doing it for that long a time. I'm a little older than most brewers coming out now. <laughs> I guess I was a slow learner. It took me a while to get everything going. Or it could be just like a fine wine. Just takes for it takes a lot longer to get that product. Yeah, call me Palmasan. <laughs> so seventy eight. So you've been doing it a long time. Well, I, I first tried in eighty five without much luck. Okay. Um, didn't realize my well water was contaminated at the time at my house. So I tried three batches and wasn't too successful and had refinanced the house in, I think, 87 or something. Found out the well water was contaminated. Took care of that. And then I tried home brewing again in 92 with a lot better luck. Good, good. So the, the contract brewing, what did, how did that come about before you opened up your own brick and mortar? Well, I had a home brew shop I opened up in the Starview where I live. It's the big city, you know, real close to Mount Wolf. <laughs> It's between two stop signs, and there's a trailer park there. <laughs> and of a lot of people, well, you might not remember it, maybe you do, Starview 92.7. Oh, I remember that. I grew up in Dover. Was yeah. the classic rock station. Well, rock. No, it was the modern rock station then, because it wasn't classic rock back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now it's classic rock, so yeah, yep. So Starview, it was named for the radio station, came from the same area where I lived. Okay. They started in a trailer park, and I lived in actually in the, the small town right there. Bought that house the end of 83. Uh, had the homebrew shop, and then had these, saw these other breweries starting to open. This is I, probably about 93, early 94, I thought, I'm going to try and open a brewery. And at the time, I decided to go with a contract brewing company. And I raised like $55,000 to do the contract brewing company. Um, hindsight being what it is, I would have raised a lot more money. Uh, back then, I knew it all. We, At least we, I thought I knew it all. We all still know it all. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who you talk to, right? 
But what I I did wrong back then is I started the the contract brewing company, got the brand out there quite a bit. I was still working a full time job, third shift at Amp in East Berlin. I remember Amp. Amp it was. Oh, I was a good company, but yeah. being on third shift, I could go out and and pedal the beer, you know, and work during the day, burning the candle at both ends. But I was getting somewhere. The problem was I tried to grow from A to Z. I started with a contract brewing company, and then I had dreams of building a nice brewery in Marietta. Uh, my dreams were more like what Appalachia did up in Harrisburg. Okay. Problem was, I had a king's dream and a pauper's budget. <laughs> <laughs> so I had these grandose glasses, and I did actually had a, a invest. I landed up an investor. We bought a building. Problem was, the amount of money it was going to take to convert that building and fix it up. A lot took probably took a lot more money you were thinking about. Well, back then it would have been over a million dollars for that project. Oh, wow. You know, you're talking 96, 97. And this is the same time Trogue started, Victory started. I mean, I was on the cusp back then when they started. Problem was, I didn't have the finances they did, and they had a lot more smarts than what I had at the time. You know, it, it, you, you, you were on the right track. It just, you know. Took a little bit to where you're at. Uh, I look at it as a reason it didn't work. You know, th that things worked out the way they did. And I didn't have the idea of starting another uh, brewery again until 2013. Uh, I was in the Lancaster Homebrew Club. I mean, I actually formed the York Area Homebrewers Association, which was a homebrew club that met at my garage when I had the homebrew shop. Okay. It was called Yaha. Uh, formed that in 93... And then I also joined the Lancaster Homebrew Club, got involved with them, uh, but kind of got away from New York Club when, when the contract brewing company didn't happen. I kind of quit brewing for a little while, kind of got out of it, got burned out on it. But then I got the bug again later and got involved with the Lancaster Homebrewers Association. And we went to uh, Nationals in 2013, which was in Philly. It was then I was thinking about, I got to try this again. I'm seeing all these breweries opening up that since I tried, a boatload, I mean, a boatload afterwards came along and they're being successful. Hmm. And I thought, I got to try again. So I, I wrote the original plan in 2013 and it took me till 2018. So I actually secured a building. I had a, a partner who actually, Mike Keller is my business partner. We worked together at AMP. He invested in me when I had chickies. Well, he was crazy enough to invest again. <laughs> so, <laughs> here we are together. We, and uh, the other thing that took me a lot longer than I never expected, when you're on a redneck budget and you're trying to conserve money, I, I, didn't, I couldn't just hire a contractor to come in. It wasn't like I had three quarters of a million dollars to do this project. Yep. So a lot of beer help, paying subs when I needed to. I did the design layout for the brewery. Um, my job, full-time job, uh, basically a uh, manufacturing engineer specialized in EDM, uh, which is a machine shop. Okay. So I, I designed and did all the layout of the building. First thing after I met my landlord is I went in and measured everything and started laying everything out in cap. So design for the bar, the, the walk-in coolers, the layout of the electrical system. Uh, it took me a lot longer than I figured. Well, it, it, you know what? It, it, it seemed to work. 
You know, here I'm you finally are. getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you were on the right track. I mean, and you you were at the very. If it would have worked the first time, who knows where it would have landed? But I still look back. Hindsight, man, it, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. For some reason, it wasn't meant to be. It, exactly right. I mean, that door closed, but it opened up to another opportunity. And I think that I kudos you for keep chasing that dream and not giving up. Took a while to come back around, but my one beer is named after me. It's called the Procrastinator. <laughs> That's my doppelbock. <laughs> well, at least you didn't say it was your doppelganger. <laughs> So I, I think that's cool. Now, where is your physical location right now? Uh, it's 224 Locust Street in Columbia, PA. We are a block away from Kettleworks. Okay. So the nice thing is if you come into town in the Columbia, you got two breweries a block from each other that you can visit. Uh-huh. And the guys at Kettleworks are great. They just did a new build out there. I love uh, having the fact that we're only a block from each other. Yeah, and, and, and we found this conversation with numerous uh, our numerous guests is that it not every, you're not in competition with each other. It's a community. No. You help each other out because there's so much variety out there. Well, and the thing is, our market, we're not really taken from each other. No. We're, we're, our market is going back the way it was years ago where people want to drink local. It's made right there local. Our market's coming from the big boys. Yeah. More and more people are, are liking the idea of the fact they're walking in the brewery. It's made there. You're talking to the brewer. Not to mention the great food you can get in a lot of brew pubs. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've, t- yeah. we've mentioned that. I, I don't mind, A, paying more for a craft beer, and I don't mind paying because most of the time it's going to be decent, really good food. And I, I have no problems going and, and dropping 50 bucks at a, at a local joint. I well, really don't. One thing, I've always been a food junkie as well. My father was a Navy man, 20 years, there eight kids. And my dad loved to cook. And it rubbed off on a lot of us kids. And he, he was stationed, his last place was in Indian Head, Maryland. He was in the Navy. I was cracking hard shells when I was probably three years old. L- love seafood. And one of our specialties is we do crab imperial crab cakes oh at the my. brew pub. They're all meat, no breading, oh. done in a convection oven. They're eight-ounce cakes, meaning you're getting the real thing. I'm, gonna, I'm about ready to yell up to my wife, hey, honey, I know where we're going for crab cakes. <laughs> if you don't, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be making a trip to Starview Brews. So. Right. Um, well, we also feature uh, shrimp and scallop bisque, which is like cream of crab base. Oh, my. And Do you realize I haven't eaten yet for supper? Yet? You're really making me hungry. <laughs> I should have brought a crab cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave wants to do some food pairing ideas, so maybe, maybe we should have made that the recorded episode. So. <laughs> yeah, we want to we, we go to the different uh, uh, tap rooms in, in brew pubs. And get them to, to trick out some of their um, good eats. And, uh, be, you're more than welcome to stop in there. Yeah, and, I, then, and then pair it up with uh, what they think is the best, uh, best brew that would go with that. Gotcha. And then we're going to feature that on the podcast. Uh, count me in. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you do the cooking and the brewing, or do you got a- I was doing half the cooking to begin with. My wife was kitchen manager at Orndorff Elementary, Northeastern School District. She's taken over a lot of those duties. I was making a shrimp and scallop bisque. It's a recipe I've been doing for years. 
there's a chili recipe, a chicken and hot sausage chili recipe I've been doing for years. So I was making the soups to begin with. I was doing the crab cakes, but then I showed my wife know how to do it. She took that over. And then Tony, a good friend of mine, Tony Barr, is now making the soups, which is freeing me up to do other things. Uh, because I'm training an assistant brewer right now. Okay. And the biggest transition, the hardest thing to do is when you got to bring other people in and turn it on to let them go with it. Yep, it is. And, especially and that's if it where was I'm growing baby. now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we, we've been blessed and have a good crew. So this is now your full-time gig? Oh, it has been since we opened. Okay. All yes. right. Well, speaking of, I think we have a beer sitting here. So do you want to tell us a little bit about this first beer we're going to have, Mike? Yes. This is my flagship. Okay. It is called Long Level Lager. Long Level Lager. So if you're not familiar with this area, there's a Long Level on the, on the Susquehanna River. Correct? Is that where it came from? Correct. That is uh, south of Columbia, Wrightsville. Matter of fact, my wife and I just this year got a camper right down at Long Level. Okay. So you can imagine there'll be some beers poured at Long Level called Long Level. <laughs> I will say it is it is a very clear lager. So this is, and this is not, you said it was a Dortmunder? Or? This is a Dortmunder, which is, it, this morphed out of my Hellas recipe years ago. I've been brewing this beer since about 95. So it's definitely been, you, you know how to do it. <laughs> well, and it, it's morphed into, I made it a little stronger, a little heavier. Little maltier sweetness. I want to emphasize the malt sweetness. Okay. So it leans more towards a Dortmunder than the Hellas anymore. Yeah, because the Hellas is a more I I thought misunderstood the Hellas, but that's more of a lighter lager. It is a lighter lager, and, and then, this is actually a lighter lager, but a hint more. Cheers! 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 Long level lager. Good old German Dortmunder. That is a well-balanced, I do get a little bit more maltiness out than it would be like a, a lighter lager. Mm-hmm. I purposely brew, I step mash this to lean it a little sweeter. Uh, I do kind of like the traditional German step infusion because you can control the type of sugars you actually get out of the beer. Okay. And Versus explain a single this, infusion. And, and explain the step fusion. Uh, step infusion was a way to kind of emulate the old decoction method they use in a lot of European lagers. Years ago, they had to do that because it was under-modified under malt. One thing I like with step infusion is I can go through a couple different temperature ranges to create different sugars in the finished beer. If you mash at a high temperature, like a 158 to 160, you get some unfermentable sugars to stay in the beer. But the yeast can't chew up. You want some of that. It depends on what you're doing. I do a step mash that takes it through a range. I'll start low, but go through a range and finish high. Okay. So I'm not making it too sweet, but I'm getting different types of sugars versus a single. Where you infusion. just mash it at one temperature. One temperature. It's more time consuming. Some brewers claim there's no benefit to it. I feel there is from all my years of brewing, everything I've studied. I think it shows up in the finished product. This is a very, this to me, I don't know. I would call this more of a sessionable beer because, well, session could be anything. Well, I could drink this all year long. It's a 5-1. It's, it's normal alcohol. And that's exactly it. I can sit and drink several pints and be okay. That's the one thing about no, normal alcohol beers. Normal alcohol doesn't mean less 
flavor. No. If it's made right, you're going to have flavor. You can have flavor in a low alcohol beer. Yeah. It all has, it's the same. People say, they call it a science. I say, I equate it more to cooking. And it's, it's a recipe, you yeah. know? I mean, the, the malt is the meat of the beer. Yep. Like if you're making a stew, a soup, you got beef, you can choose chicken, you can choose pork. The spices, you can choose different spices, the amount of spice. I equate brewing more on a recipe part. Now, naturally, yes, you got temperature control, you got to do the type of yeast. There's others, some scientific. Once you get the process dialed in, you're repeating. Repeating the procedure, repeat the measure. I think that's the key to repeating good beer. And I, it, it tells right there, I could drink that beer all day long. It's, well, maybe not all day. I'd still get a, nah, somewhat you gotta, inebriated. You got you, you got to start about two thirty in the afternoon, <laughs> like Kevin did. <laughs> Kevin started. What was it? Uh, There's been days I start at nine a.m. Yep. Nine a.m. That's called vacation. <laughs> That's, yeah. Every it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> so, what what are your future goals with this now that you've gone pro you got your you now finally got a brick and mortar that's being successful do you you plan on expanding that footprint or just maintaining or growing the kitchen some more we got to get more help in my wife being full-time um kitchen manager spends a lot more hours she retired and is working harder than she ever did and i she reminds me about it all the time so (laughs) and rightfully so but we're working on, we have, we are getting a good crew together to help. I'm training the assistant brewer, Josh, to uh, take over the brewing duties. I'm going to be shifting more to sales. And the next stage is actually selling draft, which we're starting to do now. Okay, cool. Getting draft beer out to bars and taverns. That, like, kind of like getting the kegs to the, to a, a like a like a holy hound downtown York or somebody like that. Exactly. That's cool. I, I mean, and... I think that's great that those places exist that are willing to bring your beers in and, and have, they're not brewers, but they'll have 20 different breweries well, they're, involved. They're a craft beer bar. Yeah. And there's a following for that. I mean, let's face it. I love going to a craft beer bar, even if it ain't a brewery. Yeah. What's I that? tend to gravitate more to breweries just because. Yeah. And what's that one you were talking about over in Lancaster, the, the beer wall or the beer something? Wall. Yeah. Is that yes. the new one that opened up where it's, you walk up or no? It's, it. I don't know if it's new or not, but you you get a you get a certificate or a card that you can go and plug in, and you just draw your own beer. That's I heard about that. As, you know, and, and you're only limited by the amount of money that you put on the card. So I mean, it uh, it's a nice idea. I like that, and it's something that I I thought we should be able to get a chance to get over there. But our schedules have been. Pretty busy. Pretty busy. So. I understand busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've joked, you know, since we've dabbled a little bit into the brass, and it was like a, a dream that it we're never going to pursue because, hey, I like my weekends way too much. Yeah. The amount of work that goes into opening a brewery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's it, a, it requires, in my mind, it went faster. it always does when you're doing something in your head yeah and And then you got to do it for real and it it, it always it's like doing a 
project around the house. Yeah. Oh, I'll knock out in a weekend. Yes. And six months later, I finally get it done. <laughs> hey, honey, have you done that yet? <laughs> no, I didn't get around to it. That's one of my round two projects. <laughs> you know what a round two is. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of pushing it to round three or four. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, my. Dave, you got a couple things there you wanted to talk about. Well, I was I was going to ask you um, uh, the the European level logger. That's nothing. That's not uh, the same thing that your um, brother brewed, is it? Uh, no. Well, actually, my brother had a uh, can kit, which oh, is how he, most he, beginners. Be- uh, okay. And it, it was a it was a European logger can yeah. kit. Yeah. And it actually came out. I was I was amazed. It, it was like, wow, it's pretty decent. Now, could they now still call I, I'm going back on brain cells from 1978. Oh, Keep I that know. in mind. I, I oh. can't recall the exact taste, but I was like, well, this is good. Shit, you remember the 70s. I'm sorry. No. Uh, about half. <laughs> They're a little hazy sometimes. <laughs> purple haze. Yeah, purple. yeah, it's a purple haze, all right. <laughs> so it was a lager kit. Yeah, but there we wasn't any. It wasn't any lagering involved. It no, was just like a base, and it was not yes. properly lagered. No, no, it was fermented in, in the basement at our house. Right. Okay. I mean, we we both lived at home yet. <laughs> I mean, Bill was a year and a half older than me, so I think he probably wasn't twenty one yet, but almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I, I I was wondering, is that how the the law reads? Oh, almost twenty one, you can drink. You know, <laughs> the sign well, above the bar. In your house, you know, <laughs> yeah, know. that's a little different. <laughs> well, I've heard stories not just about beer, but you know, uh, you know, some family. I know a family that. The parents were wondering why the extension cord was going into the attic, and um, that wasn't for beer. It wasn't for beer. <laughs> <laughs> they were growing lights. That's all I will say. <laughs> Tomatoes, man. <laughs> you ever had them jet stars? <laughs> but yeah. you you've mentioned you won some awards with some of this stuff. Well. Back in the 90s when I was active in the homebrew club, yeah, I entered a lot of co- homebrew competitions. Do you still do that at all? Or? I kind of backed away from it because I get more satisfaction of uh, my customer coming and telling me how much I love the beer. That's good. It. Yeah. Uh, I don't pursue the entering the beers into the competitions too much anymore. You, 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 you're a BC, BJCP judge. You know, Say I mean, that you, three you, times. I, I, <laughs> I can't even say it once. BJCP. BJCP judge. <laughs> yeah, you might have to enlighten me on what that is. Well, right. that is the uh, beer s- judge certification program, which started in, I think, the late 80s. Uh, okay. I took the exam in 95, I believe it was, and it was to train judges for judging competitions. Gotcha. Well, shit, I just gave him our beers. Like, man, no wonder he pushed to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't push it to the side. It's half gone right now. <laughs> We're going to get a nasty judge on that. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that. We should, we, should, we should list. We should have every guest to come in, judge our beers, and then we can make a big, long list on our site. No, I want to see the podcast before I judge your beer. <laughs> <laughs> you figure we still have the editing... <laughs> We have we have the editing tools that we can do what we want with. Huh? No, I'll, I'll gladly sample any beer yeah. you ever want me to. I, I'll sample try. everything too. 
Uh, I've even, you know, my. I palate. don't turn down sampling a beer. And I, you know, if I go to, and a, if I can give some good feedback on it to, yeah, that's, to, to that's, help, that's I mean, what I, I look for. at judging. The interesting thing is when I go to some competitions, there's judges that just want to ding for every little thing. And oh, yeah. like, oh man. no, you want to get feedback. Okay. If it's really bad, you let them know, Hey, something's wrong, but you go through and try and point out, okay, I like this part of it. Constructive criticism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not to tear the brewer apart. Some judges are like that. Yeah. Now, do you are you still involved with the Lancaster Brewers or, or I, the club? I'm not really involved with anymore. Okay. But I, I still help. Uh, Mark Garber does the Iron Brewer competition. Yeah, we year. just had his episode launched here not long ago. Good guy. I've known oh, Mark yeah. a long time. And so I help judge that competition. Okay. I, limited judging. You know, he'll ask me, and I'll I'll say, yeah, I can help out. But I don't judge like I used to. Yeah. I used to do a lot of it, and it, it just, who has time? I mean, I'm uh, brewing, uh, cook, you know, cooking, filling, right. bartender, um, doing the taxes. and Paying the bills. Paying the bills. And, um, yeah, all, all of the above. One of our previous guests uh, from the, the Scabs had his... Key lime pie sour over there at that yes. Iron Brewers. Yeah, had. he took. Yeah, he yes. won. Yes. with that thing. Yes, he did. That was a phenomenal. It was good sour. I, I was impressed. I was impressed. And uh, I just I was actually at the awards. Well, were you for that? Yes, he did a good job. I ran into yeah. him at Gift Tours. We were down there for the Ales for Tails tap takeover, and was he, that Jim? Jim Herbertson, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a good beer. It was. And he's and yeah, actually Scabs did pretty good at the competition. Yeah, I heard that. that I mean, those guys were they could be pro brewers. Oh yeah. They got a setup, they they got it down. But it, I've had a lot of key lime pie sours. I like sours once in a while, but that one there was just like all the notes, bang, bang, bang. And it was like, wow. The sours I generally don't like the style. Okay? Because as a as a like it to do tradi traditional German European lagers. If it's sour, I I have some up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've heard that story before, you know. So you, if you brew a beer and it didn't come out what you were thinking, well, let's call it sour. <laughs> we'll call it something else and launch it that way. But that said, I have a Berliner Weiss. I like. Okay, they're tart. Yep, they're not overly sour, and then you can mix the different syrups with them. Well, what do they call it? The beer to guard or the French or the French saison? No, the, the no, that's the I'm saying that's another that is tart, another one, another tart beer. Uh, and uh, Tim at Stony Run. Oh yeah, mm. he did a he called it a Sunday sour, which was uh, it's like an ice cream and it was tart a sweet tart, is the way I like to describe it. Yep, it was delicious. Hmm. Now, him and I did a collab on that. It's his recipe, basically. We did a collaboration. Well, it was a little different. It didn't quite have the... It, it's more like a Berliner Weiss with raspberry. Okay. But the, my customers that like a, a sour, they're enjoying it. And it, and that's why I, I guess I'll ask you, your tap room, how many taps do you have, and do you keep a variety there to keep multiple people happy because not everybody chases the same beer? I have right now, I have the main tower is 10 taps. Then I have a kegerator. I got four taps. Okay. I only have one guest right now, which is uh, De Francesco's Mead, because I'm running out of tap space. The other one is the collab I did with Tim, the tart. Okay. And then tw the other 12 are mine. 
And I try, I've been re- trying to keep nine regulars. I'm minimizing the rotation. Um, Makes less work for you. Well, it's not so much that. People that like those beers, I want to keep them steady on. The long levels all the time. Now, if I run out of a beer, it might be a couple of weeks till it's back on. Meaning it ain't going to be out long. I do a half of ice year round. Okay. Because they're good. Why should you only drink them in summer? Hey. <laughs> I'm My not, good friend Bob Shank, Shank's Tavern in Marietta, loves Hefeweiss. And as long I met Bob probably in 93, he used to come to our homebrew meetings in York, Yaha meetings. And as long as I've known him, he's had Francis Connor or Hefe on tap at his place in Marietta. Now, granted, he likes it. So that's a good reason, yeah, too. Yeah. But a lot of his customers drink it year-round now because it's available. And a Hefeweizen is a good beer. Yeah, it's not my favorite style. I'll drink it, but it's not one going to be my first choice when I walk in. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to order a Hefe. People, what I found with Hefe, people either like them or they don't. You don't find much on the fence on that one. They're no. either like, hey, I love them, or bah. I know Back I like Porch them. does a, uh, I think theirs was a peanut butter Hefeweizen. Which was really good. That sounds different. Uh, It was really good, so I drank that. But again, it's not going to be my first choice. And if I drink one, I'm good. Well, that's like the Berliner Weiss. Yeah. I'll have one. Yep. And then I go to something. Then something else. else. I'd be going back for that long level, I can tell you that. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. Something I saw on your site. This The bar that was crafted out of an old tree that was... Well, actually... It was, it was a tree my brother Bill cut down, the one that introduced me to homebrew here. Homebrewing, yeah. He has Eagle Claw Tree Service in Loganville. Oh, okay. And he ended up telling me that tree was actually cut down like two miles, three miles from where I live. There's actually Rudy Park. I know where yeah, Rudy Park is. Yeah. There's an old quarry there. Okay. okay. Stone quarry. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. owners of that property, my brother told me that's where that... English walnut tree came down from, and I only found that out like six months ago. Yeah. But he cut that down and had it rough cut and had it stacked in a shed for like 20 years. Yeah. And I was going to buy the black walnut. I like black walnut. Mm-hmm. I was going to get black walnut on me. He goes, Mike, I got this English walnut. I said, what? I never worked with it. He goes, it's beautiful. And he showed it to me, and I was like, that's what I'm making a bar top out of. So my... Home brewery was slash wood shop too. I have a full blown wood shop in the in the brewery. <laughs> he is Jack. He's a master of all trades here. Yeah, I like. I dabbled in a lot of stuff over the years. Definitely, uh, woodworking was has always been uh, something I've enjoyed. Uh, Toolmaker by trade for a lot of years, so always working with my hands, mechanical. And I, I, tell I, you, I built a garage behind my house. It I've all been comes in, in a lot handy. Of construction. Yeah, it all comes in handy when it comes to trying to open your own place. Yeah, but then you think you can do it all. <laughs> That's the only problem. <laughs> I have those thoughts too, but I usually have about a six pack in me. <laughs> they call that thinking fluid. <laughs> yeah, I got my beer goggles on. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it, and it, it, I, I've seen the pictures of it, but we need to physically see it for yeah. ourselves. Dave. Yeah, we're you have definitely to make need to make a trip out. Definitely. Uh, we're gonna have to. The other thing was. The bar was designed by a beer drinker. Okay, when you walk in there, it's set up for conversation. Yeah. It's the old style wraparound bar. It's a wraparound, yeah. 30 people could sit at the bar. 
Then there's two tables in the bar room you can get eight people at. So you get 38, and there's a standing table. You get 40 people in the bar room. Hmm. A lot of good conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's, if you think about it, that's what pubs were all about years ago. It's they were close proximity, more just come in, have a conversation, get a couple pints, enjoy. Now, do you do live music down there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Fridays and Saturdays. Fridays are usually six to nine, and I've been playing with Saturday hours. I think I dialed in to five to eight on Saturdays. Uh, Our music's geared towards geriatric crowd like me. We don't start music at 9 o'clock and go to 12 o'clock. I couldn't even do that when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's cracking old jokes, not me. Not him. <laughs> he's cracking them on himself, though. That's all. <laughs> right in there. <laughs> Most people my age are not opening a brewery. They're retiring. Yeah. Or retired. In, or retired. In, yeah. As my wife reminds me. Yeah. <laughs> So yes. she, did she kick you out of the kitchen? This, you don't know what you're doing. This is my kitchen. Actually, she tells me, yes, this is my domain. Quit sticking your nose in here. There you go. And then what is she doing? She's sticking her nose in the bar. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Am I going to have to edit that part out so you don't get in trouble? No, not at all. We have this conversation all the time. <laughs> hey, I saw you You had mac and cheese on your menu. That, That's it, my wife's recipe. Is it? Uh, okay. Is it, it's her, her, her recipe. That is her recipe. Yeah. I had some that were mine. That one's yeah. all her. The panini yeah. sandwiches were her idea, and she came up with some good ideas. That's a good idea, the yeah. panini sandwiches. Yeah. So the mac and it cheese, is. does that come with nice stewed tomatoes? No, it doesn't. Oh, man. No, it doesn't. But. I love stewed tomatoes she, and mac and cheese. Well, then you'll love our chili. We got stewed tomatoes in the chili. Oh, okay. And, and the chili is a chicken hot sausage chili, and people think white. I go, no. White chili? That's sacrilege. <laughs> got to have tomatoes in jail, in my humble opinion. It's kind of like eating a white pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I've had some white pizzas that were like garlic shrimp. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they when they're done like that, they're delicious. They garlic. Yeah. yeah but like my garlic wife garlic. also came up with the idea. They had a mac and cheese competition in Colombia. And she came up with the idea of Krabby Mac. Oh. She made a Krabby Mac and cheese and took second place at the competition. Wow, that's kind of cool. And that was all her. That was all Jackie's idea. I have to tell you the story on, on on mac and cheese after we go off the air. And if anybody else wants to know what the story is, you have to go back a few of, of our episodes a few weeks back, maybe more than that, to, to, to hear what I'm going to be talking to uh, Mike about. And that that's on our audience. You guys go back and listen to the episode. I'm that's our homework assignment. But they have to subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube channel to get those to, notifications. Uh, there you go. Well, why would they not want to subscribe? Why would that's you not exactly want to right. Subscribe. We have good yeah. conversation and, and meeting fabulous people. Yeah. This is awesome. I mean, yeah, we 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 do this for fun. Yeah, I'm looking at this beer here, and I'm starting yeah. to get a little thirsty. So uh, we're ah, yeah. the Colombian Red. We'll get yeah. in it. Tell us a little bit about this one here, Mike. Well, this one goes back. I first brewed this in 93. Uh, I fell in love with the style back then. Uh, it was called Sierra Nevada Celebration L. This was one of the early IPAs. This first was brewed, I think, in 82. So it's not called, it's not an amber ale. No, it was Celebration L was the American IPA. Okay. Which Sierra Nevada made famous. Basically, you had English IPA before the American IPA. Yep. And, of course, the American version, what they did is added a lot of West Coast hops. 
uh, West Coast yeast, like the Chico yeast, the American strain. Uh, they amped up the hop more, but back then they still had malt to go with it. So the red color comes from the caramel malt. The yeah. caramel malt helps, nice color. helps balance the hop bitterness, hop flavor, and aroma. So it's not a true West Coast. Oh, this is the original but West Coast. But it's compared to what we have now as a West Coast. So It morphed. It morphed in. Yes. Even today's celebration, Al, is not as balanced as it. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers to the Colombian Red IPA. You know what? It's not overly hoppy in the aroma. Not at all. It's not. It's what I call a balanced IPA because it's more like the IPAs of the 90s. That is... The, That's fucking delicious. The thing I like is when somebody says, I don't normally like an IPA, but I like that. And I tell them, that's because this is a 90s version. It's balanced. It is balanced. You get, you get a malt, caramel malt up front, a little sweetness. Then the bitterness comes in. And it's not too bitter. No. And then you get hop flavor. Yep, at and the very there end. is aroma. My nose is half stuffed up right now, so I don't get the nose. I there's very little aroma out of it, as far as like an overabundance of that. What right. do you want to say, pine, grapefruit, citrus, right? Aroma. It's very little of that. There is some hop aroma to it. At the very end, it it gets that dryness of an IPA that I'm getting, right? And the the balance between the sweetness of the malt and the hops. Now I'm not sure what hops you have in this. Classic Cascade. Classic Cascade. So that should bring more of like a grapefruit or a pine note to it. More I, of a piney, yeah. Uh, the grapefruit, I think, is more of your um, Chinook. Okay. And we're still learning the different hops as to what that's okay. What they bring to the party. Uh, but it, it you ever is, notice taste buds can vary? And and everybody, when you eat a food, you ever notice how your perception can change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I'll taste different uh, flavors. The same way. I'll taste different stuff than Dave does or yes. Kevin. I won't get some of the notes, and those guys might. And it, and the palates are different. I don't have the best nose, or I, as even as a beer judge, my sniffer's not always the best. Um, other people have what they call super taste buds and can pick up any of these. They around. call them sommeliers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I smell this, and I smell that, and I smell that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but this, I said, this just tastes like a damn good beer. <laughs> this is a damn good beer, Mike. This is a damn good beer. I could drink this. Um, what it does, you don't realize it's a six seven. Yeah. When you're drinking. Well, that English IPA that you're that you're drinking of ours, uh, it's a seven two. Well, and back to that. This is just a hopped up version of your English. Really, is what the early American IPAs were. The English is lean more on the malt, less hop. The Americans threw the West Coast hop flavor in and up the bitterness some. But as you see, this still lean, balanced it, it, like yeah, it's, an English. It's, it's balanced, and it, it's, it's a very good beer. I'm going to have to refill this one. Well, we got more I'm going to have to refill all of them. Well, uh, when the crowlers are gone, you're going to have to come over to the pub. Well, then what? <laughs> We'll have to come to the pub. Uh, so, I, I, the, uh, kudos. Thank you. Kudos to this one. This is, and it, as you can see, it is very clear. Um, this year marks 30 years since I brewed this first recipe. And this is an OG. This is, a, this is always on tap. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, this is regular. If I'm out of it, it's like a couple of weeks till it's back on. Dave, you're not the IPA guy, but what do you think of that? It's not bad. It's it's pretty good. Um, but uh, like you said, I'm not the IPA guy, and you know, I would you know drink one or two of these, but I I would be done. We're gonna you're gonna go like us. We're gonna go to the darker stuff. Yep. We can go to the dark side. <laughs> I, I, we got a good dark side here. We got a very good dark side here. Yeah. Our our forte is, and really what got us into this craft beer thing is is the dark, heavy, barrel aged stuff. That's really uh, kind of what pushed us down this path. You're speaking my language. Oh, my. The darker, the heavier, the, the more barrel aged, the better. I um, haven't barrel aged anything yet, but the Russian you're getting, getting ready to try. Um, I patterned that after Sam Smith's Russian Imperial. Okay. That is one of my favorite all-time beers. Now, I call it a dessert beer or a nightcap because it's, it's like 7.98%. I'm not going to sit and drink three or four of them at the bar. No, and you can't. And, no, and when you start barrel age, yeah, they are no. enjoyable conversation Slid beers. Them, yes. It's a conversation beer. Now, we haven't barrel-aged the Russian, but we make a beer cocktail at the brew pub with it. So you're doing some beer cocktails? Yeah. What we're doing is we're pouring the uh, basically a nine-ounce glass, leaving some room at the top with that, and then we pour a half-ounce of Hidden Stills bourbon on top. Okay. So our Hidden Stills, that's a local distillery? They're out of Hershey. I'm trying to think. Is that the same one that Lydian Stone uses, Hidden yes. Stills? Yes. yes. That Keith is using up there? Yep. Hidden Stills is quite popular. They do a good job. And we're trying to get contact with them. We'd love to have them on the show. So shout out to Hidden Stills. I'll give you Tyler's contact info. Please. Please do. Yes. And they would love, probably, they would love that. Definitely. Yeah, so we're that's what this is all about, man. We're here to focus on the craft industry in PA. And you've mentioned, you've been doing this since basically the 80s and 90s. So you've been doing it way before it has become the mainstream niche that it is currently. I mean, what are we? I was a nerd before it was cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. 80s term, Revenge of the Nerds. What was that? Was that a movie or something? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I know. I just I made my wife. I, I actually strapped her to the sofa. You're going to watch this movie with me. She's I've like, seen oh, it God, like a thousand. I think I've seen it a thousand times. But you're, she goes, I never watched it. Guess what? You're going to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, and it, um, your site says that you you um, you're pouring you know, Pennsylvania wines and spirits. Correct. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, that was one of the spirits you had mentioned, you know, it was, but, um, just, just off top my, off the top of your head. Do you know about how many wines? Uh, right now, uh, Nisley, we do Nisley. the Grateful Red, yes. which is quite a popular wine. And then we actually have a Alatone. Okay. Which is their setup as a Pennsylvania importer. Oh, okay. And it's actually, uh, they have a very nice wine that I like because it comes in a box. It doesn't oxidize so quick. I learned, I'm not a wine drinker. I mean, I, mean, I love a good port now and then. A well-aged port is mm-hmm. delicious. Uh, but I didn't know you when you open a bottle of wine, it has limited shelf life. Yep. It oxidizes. Yeah, it does. I don't have that problem with beer. 
I open a beer, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh, but in the restaurant setting, we're selling it by the glass. Yeah, you're selling yeah. it by the glass, and you and yes. you, you pop a cork on a bottle of wine for a customer. You're hoping that you have some customers coming up behind him, exactly to to pour. We yeah, ended pour up dumping a lot of wine when we first opened. Okay, so the box wines we hold hold better shelf life, without a doubt, because the air doesn't get to it. Okay, and so since we started using that. Much better. You got any Mad Dog 2020? Oh, jeez. I haven't had Mad Dog 2020 in a long time. <laughs> I thought that was banned from human consumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he mentioned he mentioned financial stuff when you were younger. Well, uh, uh, financial uh, problems, you go in there, you buy Mad Dog 2020 for like five <laughs> bucks. Boone, Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm. I was about to. No, you're going to stay. I did drink some of that back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I think everybody has. You Strawberry know. Fields or something it was yeah, called. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I that. didn't. Well, you weren't around during the 70s. You popped, I was, up, you popped up later. Wait, no, I was yeah. around. I just wasn't of age in the 70s. <laughs> Neither were we. No. I mean, <laughs> he was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> was. Uh, there was a, there was a um, uh, an episode of... Um, uh, oh no, Red Fox's show when he was he was the junkyard deep. Does he know who Red Fox? Oh, Sam, <laughs> Sanford and Son. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Show. There was an episode. Awesome. There was an episode that I'll never forget. Is is when his son Lamont was trying to. Uh, he he had a he had a guest that was coming. It was a chick that he had he was dating. So he went out and bought himself this expensive bottle of Beaujolais. I water. do kind of remember <laughs> that. And Red found it. <laughs> Red found it. <laughs> And he took it. And he took the bottle of Beaujolais and mixed it with Ripple. <laughs> and he's going like, <laughs> he's drinking that bottle. <laughs> and he said, he says, "Now you can call it Beaujolipple." <laughs> Died laughing watching that episode. I tell you what, that's a comedian that you ever, nobody yeah. will ever replace. I mean, yeah. Red Fox. And then when you saw him rolling live, oh my God. Oh, oh, oh wow, wow. Between him wow. and Richard Pryor. Yeah. Those were two classic acts. They you'll were. Never, you'll never and George Carlin. George Carlin. Oh, George Carlin. Carlin. Carlin in there, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those guys were, they were great. They yeah. were. They were great. Today, uh, they would hate them because they wouldn't be politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're not they're not putting uh, other stuff on Bud Light labels. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, I probably have to edit that out, or we'll get banned from YouTube. Yeah, you may have to edit that edit that little. Clip. Actually, it might spike your ratings. <laughs> it might be. I mean, I saw a meme with. Uh, you know, these new labels that are coming out from the mass producers and uh, everybody's in an uproar about it, except for one community. But yet they want to take it. They, they made a huge stink about the Aunt Jemima thing. I what, saw that. What is the difference? Right. I have no problem. Do what you want well, to do with Aunt the Jemima labels. Aunt Jemima was a real woman. She was. Yes, she was. <laughs> and that was her brand. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's what I don't get about the politics is like, okay, you know, What's good for the goose should be good for the gander. Right. Period. I have no problem. Do what you want to do with your labels. I don't care. Right. 
I'm still not buying Bud Light. I have never bought a Bud Light. Well, you're not buying it for the labels anyway. No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not buying it because of what's inside the well, beer itself. The only light beer I sell at my brewery is H2O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do that right. in a restaurant that, you well, know. you got to rinse out, you know. You, you got to properly oh, work no, kidneys. So. I'll clean my palate out right <laughs> here. They tell you. They tell you that that that's a, it's a good idea that oh. you you know you hydrate. Oh, you know, without, a doubt. without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, so. water is in beer. Huh. <laughs> As I said, it's the only light beer I offer there. So it's funny. We'll go out to a restaurant and they'll bring. I'll order my beer and they'll bring water. I'm like, I'm getting water. I'm good. Now my wife, which she'll usually, she's not a beer drinker. She's not really a drinker, but she'll my order, wife's same boat. She'll order a Coors Light, and I'll say, Do you want water? I'm like, She just ordered a water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I should drink more water, but um, I don't. I used to drink a lot more, but I got to get back in the habit. It's important. No. Yeah, it because, is. Because now, my day usually starts black coffee in the morning. Mm. And, and my routine's changed now. I mean, I was in the factory working for a lot of years. I'm a one-day-a-week consultant where I used to work. But uh, my routine in the past year and a half... You're trying to get in a rhythm where you come into the brewery and, oh, I got to get this done, I got this done. All of a sudden, you didn't even have your coffee yet. Oh, no, I got to start yeah. today. I don't care well, what I'm doing. But I, I mean, and I haven't eaten. And I'm like, I got to stop. I got to make sure I got to force myself to eat because you get on this roll. Right. Yeah, I don't do breakfast. I've never done breakfast, and it's a downside well, to me. But I've never woke up and go, oh, boy, I'm hungry. Yeah. I got to be awake an hour and a half, two hours. I, I got, want something to eat. I wake up like, oh, shit, I need a coffee. Yeah, it takes me about an hour to wake up. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's my wake-up routine usually in the morning. If it's yeah. dealing with an alarm, it's called twenty or um, four snoozes. All right. Oh, four, yeah. And I got to get out of bed. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have. I, you could say I'm not a morning person. No, I am I'm not either. I've never been a morning person. I got either the either. bedside alarm clock going, wah, wah. And then on my cell phone, I got like four different alarms, and they're all set for different times. Yes. The last one is a loud, obnoxious one. Like, you better get the fuck up. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and mine start usually about an hour ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what? speaking of that, what is a typical day for you in the brewery? And how many, do you brew every day? Or oh, is there God, certain, no. No, Okay. No. We're averaging probably maybe, I'm trying to get in a routine once a week. Okay. Because... Besides brewing, naturally, you got process, you got cellar work, you know, where uh, it's not just after fermentation is done, you got other work to do. You got to check gravities and all of them to see if things are going. Do you spot check them and stuff? Uh, Generally, that's pretty well dialed in. Okay. Tell when the activity dials down. All right. But you got a cold crash. Uh, Then you got to rack, take, uh, rack it into the bright tank. We're going to carbonate it. Then you got to clean the fermenter. So... Cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Sanitation, sanitation, sanitation. Yep, I've that's ninety percent of brewing. That's I've, when I when we started just doing the kits. That was the biggest yep. thing. Clean it, sanitize it. Clean it, sanitize it. Sanitize it. Sanitize it. You know it. that that seems to be a theme with almost everybody we talk to. It's, it's got to be clean. Got to be well, sanitized. That's you know, that's the science part of it. That's the yeah. But that, it, yeah. you use the right sanitizer and procedures. It's not yep. difficult. CBW and uh, Star Sand. Well, I, that's what I have here. I still like the I'm old or fashioned PBW. I'm sorry, PBW yeah. and Star Sand. There's different types of PBW, but yes, 
And Sandy Clean I use instead of Star Sand. It's similar, but it's a low foaming, so I can CIP with it. Okay. Uh, but uh, for hand washing and everything else, I love old Ida 4. Iodine, diluted, that's the way I brewed years ago. It's been working for years. The milk industry uses it. Yep. It may discolor stuff, but I could take my freaking hands in and wash them in it. And it doesn't react like the Star Sand will. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's just the old school brewer in me, though. I mean, hey, it's if, been working. If, when I donate blood, they, you, they swab me with iodine. As long as you don't have an iodine allergy, you ain't got no problem with it. It works great. Uh, whatever works. You know, if it's working for you, keep doing what you're doing. Right. Right. So do you, got, you, do you like music? Do you like sports? Any of that stuff? You, uh, you have time for it. Love music. Like we have it Fridays and Saturdays. Do you uh, play? Oh no! Oh, I, I, was now just... I want people coming in. <laughs> <laughs> they tolerate me singing at church. Okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I asked. I asked that because you know we had we had quite a few quite a few um, guests that played. Mark know, Carver was one of them. Oh yeah. yeah, Mark's Mark's good. Yeah, and Mark's uh, played. I've actually had him play at a couple of functions I've had yeah. over the years. Mark's so. good. No, I just thought I'd throw that out. To no, out if you played. I'm not musically talented. Uh, neither, neither am I. But I played in a band anyway. Because hey, you were you were in a band. <laughs> yeah, I love band. music. Uh, I do love yes. listening yeah. uh, and hearing good music. Definitely love it. Um, my wife and I like camping a lot. Mm. Uh, you have time I'm for that? To, uh, actually, we ha we just got a spot at Long Level. Okay. Well, and, I remember you said that. Yeah, we're trying to make it. Well, trying to make plans for it. We're not open Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Retail. Yeah. When I say not open, it doesn't mean I ain't doing something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's usually something. that's usually a typical brew something. days. That's You're usually working. the brew days for the home for the uh, actually it varies. Brew okay. days I I'm I'm working around my assistant brewer right now because he was wor working another job. So it's based on his schedule right now and when I brew. But um playing on a lot of uh taking off maybe Saturday, five o'clock, the crew can close up for us. We head to the river. Yeah, there we Which go. Which is 10 minutes away. Yeah, and it don't take you long to get down there? No. Grab a couple crawlers? But I love uh, doing a lot of walking and hiking. I, yeah. my, I've been slacking in that because of the work, but I, I got to get back to three, four days a week. I've only been hitting about two. One thing I found important for my health is to stay in motion. Yeah. Uh, and I've always been an avid walking and hiking along that level because i lift weights 12 ounces at a time exactly <laughs> plus I, I i used to eat a lot more than i do now but i don't make the time i've actually lost probably i have to uh, I have, eight or ten pounds since i started full time i'll have to hook you up with my son because he's looking for someone to hike with he he wants to go up the pct well, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I set you up on that one. Yes, you did. <laughs> he already hiked the Appalachian. Yeah, he hiked the Appalachian. The whole, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, I would say he's an avid hiker. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's no. That was that was a dream of mine when I was 18. Or really? When was I was it 18 or 20 to do to do the oh, the yeah. Appalachian? Yeah, I, oh, I still have an old backpack. I bought it. Uh, Shanks you should Marriott. do it. I've seen a lot of of um, the uh, Mason Dixon runs. Right through wow, right by my house. Oh, where okay. we camp. The Mason Dixon's there, and yeah, I like doing the AT, yeah. but mine is day hikes. Day hikes. Yeah, okay. but anyway, I would love to put the pack on. I haven't mm -hmm. done that in years. 
took you know what? Do you, a two or three day. You yeah. need to make. But you, my wife won't be going on that trip. You mean you Which need means to make some I time probably, to do it? I should do it because my wife won't be going. Uh oh. <laughs> give give her ass a break from me and me a break from her. <laughs> and, and 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 that's what's going. You know what we see as we all get older. You know, we have these aspirations like I should have, could have, would have. Yeah. But we need to start taking that and making those realities. And you need to set time away from yourself because the next thing you know, it's like, oh, shit, I really should have done that. And now it's too late. Well, and the other thing was staying active. Keeps the body moving. Yeah. You can't, you can't retire. You just, or, yeah. You no, sit no, at no, home. No, you no. got to go to waste. Yeah. You got to. The body's meant moving. to be in motion. You know, I play racquetball. To be I play racquetball once a week. I, I used to lift five times a week going to the gym. A, I don't have time for it anymore. I had back surgery, so I'm not doing that anymore. This is taking up a lot of time, so A, I don't have time to do it. But at least I'm making time for the racquetball because I'm not giving that up. When you I had, need to say something aerobic, active. Yeah, so when, when I had my back surgery, the surgeon and I didn't get along the first conversation we had because he said, what's your ultimate goal from the surgery? I said, to get back on the racquetball court. Oh, hell, he didn't want to hear that. <laughs> he was like, what, is that bad in the back? Well, you know, his Certain goal as a surgeon is to get you back to everyday functionality. Wouldn't would that be even racquetball for you? Uh, <laughs> I, he's not the first surgeon that I've ever talked to that condemned me for lifting weights and being too active. I'm just going to leave it at that. But, you know, I love racquetball. And, and you know, you want to you want a good cardio workout? Go play racquetball for an hour. Probably one of the worst, you know, the hardest things you're going to do. You'll put 10,000 steps in in an hour playing racquetball. Come down to Wildcat Falls with me. Let's go up the mountainside. You dude, talk about a good cardio? <laughs> dude, I don't, I don't know if I could do a walk. I'm not that good of shape anymore. I, I, we were watching uh, that, what is it, Magic Mike XXL the other week. Yeah, uh, that's the, with Channing Tatum, the stripper movie, the male strippers. Oh, yeah. So we were watching that, and I went, over, me. <laughs> I went over to my wife and kind of did a little stripper thing. I'm like, honey, I ain't got no six-pack. Baby, I got the whole keg. <laughs> did she laugh? Yeah, she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like get away. Well, that was, that, was, that was a chick flick anyway. Yeah, yeah but she, a lot of, not a lot of guys were watching Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was, I was into it, man. <laughs> Said not a lot of guys uh, didn't say that none of them were watching it. We had a date yeah. night in front of the television. <laughs> he did it for the wife. I did, he did it for the wife. I, I left her choose. Believe me, I had to bite the bullet. I've watched a lot of movies. It paid for to the bite wife. The bullet. <laughs> hmm? It paid to bite the bullet that night. Oh, did it? Well, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of movies I've watched that that were. Not, I wouldn't call them yawners, but I mean, they it's were just... Interesting thing, I hardly watch any movies anymore. Mm. I, I mean, I was always a news junkie, but I'm less of a news junkie anymore. Um, news is just all overrated and bullshit. Well, there's only, there's very few that are accurate. Yeah. There are very uh, yeah. few that are accurate anymore today. It's hard. Uh, but beyond that, I like... That get in some of the History Channel shows. I love History. Anything Discovery, history. Oh, the Science yeah. Channel. Yeah, yeah. I'll flip it on, and I still say TV was the best invention as a sleeping pill. Because <laughs> I'll get down at the brewery, come home, I kick up the chair, my little freaking dog goes in my... 
on my legs. I'm watching TV. I'm drinking that nightcap beer. About 30 minutes later, boom. I'm out. That was. It is the best sleeping pill invented. That was kind of like me uh, after our last recording with something wicked. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, but that I, was something else induced. I went upstairs, <laughs> sat in a recliner. We were watching something on on the uh, Discovery Channel. Huh. It was uh, the Elephant Show with uh, Natalie Portman and stuff. It's an awesome show about elephants. And I don't remember the end of it. <laughs> Do you remember Natalie Portman? Yeah, I remember. I knew who Natalie Portman is, but I just I, I was like. <laughs> My wife said she goes, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think she laid the pizza on my lap, and I think I laid there for like 20 minutes. Oh, I better get up. You were out of the pizza. I was, didn't wake out. Out. <laughs> I was out of it. <laughs> but I love I love History Channel, uh, Discovery. That's a lot what I gravitate to. You know, I, I'm a baseball How it's made. Nerd. Yep. Oh. I miss I awesome. miss the Mythbusters. I miss yeah, that. That was a good show. It was a good show. Oh, God. I like that show. You know, he, Fat, do you know speaking of Mythbusters, you know Fat Jamie up here? You talk, Do you remember Pumpkin Chunkin? I remember yeah, Pumpkin Chunkin. Chunkin yeah. I went one year with Fat Jimmy when it was down and uh the Mythbuster uh What was down in Delaware? Yeah. Yeah, because we went one year too. 2012 I went down with Fat Jimmy. It was with that crew. Oh, you were chunking them. Well, I was just... Uh, you were drinking the beer behind a thing. I made a pumpkin ale for Fat Jimmy. Okay. Had, it was for Fat Jimmy's pumpkin chunking. Wow. This is before the brewery was open. And anyways, I was part of the peanut gallery. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so the, the year we were down was the actual last year that they had it when that lady got hurt. That might have been the year after. So, no, this was just the, when they, they had stopped it and brought it back, and they brought it back to that field again uh, in yeah, Millville. Yeah, yeah. And it, that shut everything down. That's when that lady, one of the, I think she one was the one cannons. of the producers. Yeah, got the, yeah, 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 yeah. We were actually walking by that cannon. Oh, wow. In the, on the, on the, the pedestrian side. We heard it go off, and then we heard a commotion. Oh, wow. And that was the last year they had pumpkin chunking because she... I'm not sure if she died or she got seriously injured. Ah, uh, yeah, she got, I, I forget too. But yeah, but she was seriously injured. I remember that. Uh, we yeah. were there and that was, we heard the thing as like, that didn't sound good. Then we saw a bunch of commotion. Of course, we didn't know what happened till after the fact. Right. But that was the end of the competition that day. That, that, that so shut, pretty that much shut it down. everything down. Of course, we were out in the field and like, we still had to drive home. Um, but. It was fun. I mean, I missed that show, Mythbusters. Uh, even when they tried to bring it back with the two new guys, I thought those two guys were funny. Um, it just didn't last. But Without Adam and the other guy. Yeah. It, I don't know. Jamie. They were the original. Ori Jamie and Anna. Yeah. 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 It, it was just it was a phenomenal show. And, and it was a good show. You know, it's just right now she's watching something called Revengineering. Hmm. Guy's an ex-NASA engineer. And he's got a lady that does, and they, they go around, and they do some different stuff, kind of like Mythbusters, but they're not proving myths. They're like, like the one we just watched the other night was they were at a, a park, people that come out of the porta pots and don't wash their hands. <laughs> they took a porta pot, put it on a wheel, electric wheelchair base, and they would chase these people down and, it, and bump into them. You need to wash your hands. You need to wash your hands. <laughs> It, Jesus, that's a, so, almost a like jackass. 
but it, <laughs> I love watching like that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll bore her with mine, like Hitler and Egypt and stuff like that. Oh, I get it on some. Yeah, my wife does. You know what my wife's watching? Oh, this new house, flip house. Oh yeah, oh, oh. flipping houses. Like, Forget it, honey. We're not getting another. House. Yeah, my wife likes to watch the uh, with the the Property Brothers and uh, yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah the, my the, wife's the, all the over ones, that. You know, they go down the I just I just thought of an idea. Oh, flip that brewery. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> flip that brewery. <laughs> I'm trying to get her profitable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got one more beer sitting in oh, front yeah, of yeah, us well, here. We got sidetracked. What happened here? Uh, we it is a conversation, buddy. This is what this is all about. <laughs> this is just fun. Uh, so speaking of Mike, any last comments? I mean, we appreciate you coming on on the Central PA pour. It's uh, been a been an absolute pleasure having you here. We've had a lot of laughs with you tonight. I appreciate very much uh, you invite me in. Definitely. Uh, tell us once again who you're with, where they can find you, hours that you're open, anything about Starview Brews. Well, we are at 224 Locust Street in Columbia, Pennsylvania, uh, right off Route 30, uh, midpoint between York and Lancaster. Um, a lot of people travel by there and don't realize what's right along the river. The Northwest Rail Trail is right there. Turkey Hill Experience is right around Turkey here, too. Turkey Hill Experience, but the rail trail is starts like a block and a half from the brewery. Goes up, I think it's like 13 miles up above Bainbridge, and you can actually do a round trip on a bicycle. A lot of people walk it. A lot of historic areas right in there, all around the place. Uh, you've got Hell in a Bucket in Wrightsville, another brewery right across the side of the Which river. Which they're going to be a future guest. So there's a lot going on. There's like a renaissance going on in Columbia area. It's drawn, A lot of people are coming down because it's going back to its roots. Years ago, Columbia was a very historic town. It was. I, I've, I've read some of the history on that. There was uh, all kind of mining. Uh, I mean, um, iron furnaces around there. Yep, and you'd mentioned Chickie's Rock and stuff like that. I mean, all that has to play into the history of that area. There was, uh, the canal came right through there. There was a major transportation hub. They were considering Columbia to be capital of the United States in the late 1700s. Hmm. And if you think about it, it's called Columbia, PA. Yeah. And today, the capital's in the district. District of, of Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Thank God it went to the swamp. Do you know how screwed up <laughs> Columbia would be today if that was the capital? Well, so they, they hindsight, came, that's a blessing. In they disguise. came across the river and stopped in York. Yeah, they made York the, York the, first, the capital. first capital. After they got well, chased out of Philadelphia. There's a couple cities that claim that. Lancaster claims that. Philly claims that. York claims that. Actually, I think Philadelphia was probably the first capital because the British chased them yes. out of Philadelphia. I think you're. Right. I think that's accurate. So Philadelphia should be named the first capital, and then they probably made stops coming but westward. That's before they called it the city of brotherly love. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. no brotherly love back then. <laughs> it may not be brotherly love now. Go to a Philadelphia sporting event, so you'll find out all kind of about brotherly love. <laughs> Oh, Mike, it's been a pleasure having you on here, buddy. We, we, we've we had a blast. Oh, one, I, I should put in there that if you really like seafood, you should stop in at our pub. 
We've got an excellent menu to go with, excellent beer, live music on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, and a great atmosphere. You want to just come into a place, sit down, and carry on a good conversation, you need to stop in. Kind of like the old Cheers theme. Very much so. To go in and see this nice walnut, English walnut bar top. And we even have a, a norm that stops in regular. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a cliff and uh, I Dr. Could, Crane? I could probably call, uh, yeah, Fred would be Cliff. Yeah, yeah, we, we can fill <laughs> all got the miles. You got, got the whole cast there. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, any last comments? No, nothing, nothing more than the fact that I didn't enjoy enjoying myself and it was like every every everyone we've had before it's a conversation and we just you know and we totally enjoy yeah we just sit into um it's a term we just sit here and shoot the shit yep yeah. shoot the shit that's, that's one of my favorite, favorite subjects that's, that's favorite the subject. first swear word you've said on this podcast that's not really a swear word <laughs> Yeah, it's it's borderline. <laughs> Actually, uh, so my wife was watching before I get out of here. Speaking oh, of television, we got one more beer. We got one beer. Yeah, Netflix. She was watching this thing called the the Origins of Swear Words. Oh wow! Huh. And fuck is not a, fuck is not a swear word. No, it isn't. No, it's fornication under the consent. confirmation or consent, consent of the king of the king. Yeah, pluck few. <laughs> <laughs> Pluck. There's another definition of what that means. So every time I say the word fuck, fornication under the consent of the king. I thought it had to do with drawing back the air, the bow. Did, uh, could, I didn't get that far. I just got bored. Fuck you. Because it was... Anyways, that's a whole other subject. Well, that's a different subject because yeah. that was the... Um, <laughs> that was the finger. Yes. They used to... They used to um, that was the finger to use to pull back the bow, the bow. and they used to chop that off so yes. that the archers could not fire the bows anymore without that finger. And exactly. that was the French um, defeated the English in, in, in one battle and to prove that they won, they would throw the finger up to show them that we still have this finger. Ah, I, yeah. I knew the basis of it. Yeah. Thank you for elaborating on the detail. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Frenchman on top of the tower yelling down during... Oh, God. <laughs> the Monty Python? Monty Python, Search of the Holy Grail. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, bits and Pieces. Bits and Pieces. <laughs> bits and Pieces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that could recite the the entire uh, the script from. There were a lot of people really end. into that movie. Well, they they, really <laughs> they were drinking a lot of beer, and killing a lot of brain cells, and maybe smoking a lot of the stuff in the attic with their extension cord going to. <laughs> I'm glad I left that in the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine with today's stuff. Oh man! Oh. So, Mike, tell us about this last beer that we're gonna we're gonna end this show with. This last one is one of my favorite styles. I, I first brewed this around 96. This is uh, brewed after the classic English Russian Imperial Stout put out by Sam Smith's Brewery. This was originally brewed for the Russian Czars. That's where the Russian Imperial comes from. Exactly. It's not a stout. Russian Imperial was brewed specifically. Well, Russian Imperial Stout. Yep. It was specifically brewed for that. I remember the, the history of that. The strength being higher to ship over to Russia. And the Russian elite really enjoyed it. And the English brewers, they built quite a bit of business on this brand. But to me, this is a quintessential 
It's a nice, full-bodied, sweet, rich beer, but at the same time, it doesn't finish cloyingly sweet. Do we so, say cheers? So forged in Colombia, right? Forged in Colombia. Russian Imperial Stout. Russian Imperial so if Stout. you're out there, let's raise a glass, whatever you have in it, and let's cheers one here with Mike Knob from Starview Brews and the CPP, right. and let's all be bonded, bonded by, by beer. beer. Cheers. cheers.